This episode of DrawYourPicture.com is brought to you by Key Club's Nerd. <laughs> I thought it sounded weird. This episode of Geek Loves Nerd is brought to you by DrawYourPicture.com, where you can get just about anything drawn for pretty darn cheap. Check it out today at DrawYourPicture.com. See what I've done for others and see what I've done for you. Because I've already drawn your picture. <laughs> at DrawYourPicture.com. Also brought to you today by GoDaddy.com, where you can use the code PODNAME121 to save money on your next domain name. He's he still laughing. Trying to find something in common You're since 1996. I'm sorry. Oh my gosh, this is so unprofessional. I'm going to blame the Asians. It's all their fault. <laughs> they created the technology <laughs> to allow us to podcast. Yeah. That's what you can expect from the internet's most abrasive podcast. Offensive. Offensive and abrasive. What are they talking about? What in the world are they talking about? This this show is precious. Hey, how you doing, people? Uh, Geek Loves Nerd, show number 75, brought to you the week of April 13th, 2010. Hi, I'm James the Racist. And I'm Jen. And that's it. Yeah, usually uh, it's James the Geek, Jen the Nerd, but um, we I got a really awesome email today from a wonderful, devoted listener who listened to about five minutes of show 70-something, uh, like 70 or 73 or whatever, 74. 74 I think it was the last show. Yeah. 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 And um, I'm basically a racist now, so mm. it's fun. Oh, well. I didn't know that before. They're no longer going to listen, so I guess they don't matter anymore. <laughs> uh, yeah, but that gummit. So, yeah, it's funny because um, he was offended because I made a joke to Asians who listen to our show about Asians. And um, he couldn't tell the difference between good-natured ribbing and a good old hardcore stereotype. Mm-hmm. Fun. Absolutely fun. That's the problem with the white world is they are so unaccustomed to people of other races most of them that I, I was telling some friends that white people usually even whisper the races of other people like black. like yeah yeah you know bill he's black <laughs> like it's a bad thing and i always whisper back like i think he knows <laughs> like no one else notices yeah don't don't tell anybody but i think bill is african-american <laughs> oh my goodness so yeah um I think people, white folks with, that don't know any minorities, and, and I, it's hard calling Asians a minority <laughs> because they... They're, they're actually a majority. Yeah. Yeah. Heaven's going to be chock full of them. Um, we're going to be a little bit surprised uh, pleasantly, I hope. Uh, but yeah, um, they're, they're uncomfortable with the other white folks who are comfortable with other uh, colors of people. Well, no, mostly it's just white people like to get offended on behalf of other people of other races yeah that's true and and jen had a good point if we if we had actually ever gotten an email from an asian person a person of asian descent of you know chinese vietnamese uh you know even pacific islanders any of those uh if we had gotten a hate mail from any of those or you offended me man i would be the first to be like holy crap i am so sorry i didn't mean to do that 
Um, but yeah, the, uh, out of the two or three that we've ever gotten in the three years that I've done this, I think we've gotten two really, really bad ones. Um, it's all white folks. Mm, they they get offended on behalf of other people. Yeah, it's nice. And I don't. It, and Jen's point was, if it was them, we'd be we'd be uh, we'd be bending over backwards to apologize and make things right. But uh, with a white person, I don't care what you think. Mm-mm. Matter of fact, I have a creed now. What's your creed? All white folks have to stop listening to all my shows. Mm. So if you're white and you're listening to this, um, and I'm not talking about the color of your skin. White is, is now, to me, a subculture. Actually, really? Yeah. It's more than just the color of your skin. I'm talking about being white bread, like lily white, like Casper white. Like, so white you're see-through. That is, like, some major racial stereotyping I understand that, but white isn't a race. Mm, That's true. Yeah. I don't care. If you're a sensitive whitey-white person, um, you need to find other shows. Mm. It's so funny, too, because you know this guy, this liberal person that hated my show, hated my five minutes of the podcast. You know he listens to explicit rated content. Yeah. On iTunes. You know he watches R-rated movies. You just know he does. But that was... None of that's offensive. That was... This is offensive. This show. Family-friendly show. Offensive. So, just letting you know, folks, we are hardcore. Mm-hmm. We are out to, to, to just mess you up and hurt your feelings. And it's if there's any problems um, with the show, it's all the Asians' fault. Mm-hmm. Just want to make that clear right now. So, Carrillo, Eugen, um, Dauphin, Dof- Dolphnak, all of you guys, I've loved you for all this time, but uh, I'm blaming you specifically. And um, we let's see, hold on, we had a Annie, your fault too, Annie from California. So, all you Asians, um, you're to blame for all the ills in the world. I definitely blame y'all for this white guy because he is defending y'all. So, anyway. It's just hilarious to me that we have a pretty strong Asian uh, demographic listening to the show, but I'm I'm a racist. And they've never been offended, I don't no, think. No, not one. Not that they've written. No, they they probably don't understand what I'm saying. I know, you should probably read the email at some point. <laughs> <laughs> because everybody's like, what did they say? I already deleted it. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, all right, dadgum. You've, you've talked well, me don't into you it. hate it when people talk about something? Yeah, but I didn't want to glorify this guy by even giving him, you know. I know, but you, you brought it up. Uh, that glorified him right all there. All right, let me go to my trash here. Where that? Up, oh, up. Oh. Here we go. Okay, here we go. Just um, read the first one. Don't yeah. <laughs> I'm a fam. I'm a, a family member recently suggested that I listen to your podcast. This is specifically Geek Loves Nerd. I took her advice and downloaded the latest episode, number 70, which he means 75. I listened to about five minutes before being confronted with what can only be described as a blatant example of racial stereotyping, claiming that all Asians have some type of inherent knowledge of technology because they build those things. Seriously? I'd like to assume you're not as narrow-minded slash ignorant as that story makes you appear, but honestly, I have no interest in listening to any more of your podcasts and will be recommending others do the same. And can can I at least read what I wrote back? I don't think you should. It doesn't put you in a good light. Really? When I just simply responded, kiss rear white boy? <laughs> yeah, that's not exactly <laughs> like a, a mature response. 
<laughs> I'm sorry. He mm-hmm. hit me in a bad time, and um, I that was just so ridiculous. And I did. I usually don't respond. And he was, in fact, a white guy. Just in case anybody's noticing, of course or wanting, he was wondering. Yeah, but no, on the on the website stuff, white people like there there is one dedicated to white people who get offended on behalf of people of other races. Yeah, I sent him a link. White people like to get offended. They do. It's fun, I guess. Because they don't have any real problems. Some of them don't. Anyway, goodness gracious. All right. Sorry I even wasted y'all's time. I apologize. But, you know, you got to vent sometimes. But anyway, I'm James. Mm -hmm. I'm the geek. Jen's the nerd. And today we're actually starting a 13-part series, no joke, on um, discipline and parenting. So it's going to be awesome. Um, This is uh, piggybacked off of the Sunday school classes that we're teaching at our church. So um, I hope you learned something. This is even good for people that don't have children. How so? Because um, if you work with kids or if you ever plan to be a parent, it's going to be good to have this stuff in advance. Mm. Yeah, being prepared. You know, it is 90% a good idea. of frustration alleviation is preparation. That's true. So, you know, if you can do that, you're going to be great. Gonna be awesome. So um, before we get into our main topic, though, which is redefining discipline, let's do some weekly updates. There we go. We're so sci-fi. It's, we it are. I was gonna say weekly updates in space. So what's been going on in your life? Um, I only have one kind of minor weekly. That's update. fine. That is great. Um, so I've been I've been taking these spinning classes. Yeah, the devil's classes. Mm-hmm. And um, I've been doing it for about a month, I think. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, now and they're killing me. I mean, they are hard. They're they're exhausting. They're just um. You just think you'd build up a resistance, but Mm-mm. but even the teachers, you know, it, there's you a can certain tell. kind of evil that you can't ever overcome. you can't have resistance to. No. <laughs> anyway, so we're doing the class, and all of a sudden, somehow or another, the the teacher's doing push-ups. There's push-ups Whoa. involved. Where? Spinning. You on kinda, the bike? Uh, yeah, while you're on the bike, kind of with the handlebars. Yeah, I'm like, this is just While you're not, pedaling. Yeah, while you're pedaling. It's like, this is just not right. She's making she's making coffee. Yeah, I mean, how do you do? She's folding do laundry. I'm like, yeah, you're just dying, so let's throw some push-ups in there. So, yeah. That was, uh, you know, spinning sounds so cute, too. It's like you're just, you got something like a top. And you're just spinning it. I always you know? thought it sounded weird, like like you. It was some sort of dance thing. Well, it sounds like honestly, I keep thinking about like fairy tales and Sleeping Beauty. Like you're making mm-hmm. yarn, yeah, out of fleece. Oh, like weaving, spinning, or, or literally, sewing. literally yeah. spinning a spinning wheel. Mm. And I thought maybe they they had made that come back somehow as an electronic exercise. Mm. But uh, no, no, yeah. it's worse. You wish you could prick your finger on a thimble <laughs> yeah. and die. But you can't. Yes, it is. Uh, you've I, only been through five minutes of it. And it was the worst five minutes You're of like my life. You're like the guy with the podcast. You only gave it five minutes. <laughs> yeah, I, I got I got fixed, and <laughs> I, I went in a spinning class. I would get fixed again before really? I did a spinning class. Honestly. It was not that bad. Honestly, it was. It, it was terrible. It was humiliating. Humiliating. It's in the dark. Nobody can see you. It wasn't dark enough. Really? Yes. Okay. It's dark like Hades is dark. Anyway, mm-hmm. my weekly update is I got to do my first real daddy Sunday. 
Oh yeah. On um on a Saturday of all things, I uh, drove down to a campground and uh, took my son with me. It was about an hour and a half each way, and we spent time together. We uh, went to a like I said a camp where the uh, kids from my church were camping. Uh, they made us hot dogs. The boy ate his first beef jerky. Loved it. Um, And we walked around, and there was all these guys set up in frontiersman outfits and stuff, and they were, like, trading, uh, operating trading posts for the boys. And uh, there was all kinds of leatherworking stuff and alligator heads. I mean, just the weirdest stuff you ever saw. And um, Mm. as we went around the circle, all the people dressed up were just commenting on the boy and how cute he was. And he got got some free stuff. He just walked around, and people gave him things. Yeah. (laughs) Actually, I carried him around the entire time. Really? Yeah, there were too many weird people. I mean, the people were dressed up like Indians. Fat, oh, fat old white guys dressed up like him. Indians. Yeah, it scared me. <laughs> they were singing hymns with a banjo. Wow. His, his, it was like Chief Redbeard or something. You're talking about racists. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> At least uh, that race mm-hmm. you represent, so you don't. Yeah, I'm, I'm one-eighth. I think I, I don't think I count. Well, as Native American, sorry. But, but I mean, at least you kind of, you have it in your blood, so true, you, true. you can be offended on behalf of yourself. Yeah, dadgummit. That's the other mm. thing white people love is is not being pure white. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Having one-sixteenth <laughs> of oh, something. I'm of Indian and French and Dutch and... Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Des- m- and English descent. As <laughs> many as you can get yeah. in your body. So. You're just a mutt white people uh hey podcastkid.com is coming along good it's a podcast i'm doing with my daughter you need to check it out if you haven't we're gonna d- finish up a show and uh, get our third one online and then i'm gonna submit it to itunes so until it's in itunes you can go to podcastkid.com and there's some subscription options you can add it to your itunes early if you want to share it with your kids it's a show for kids age three to eight love to hear your feedback on it speaking of feedback we've been sponsored this week by dean piercy and Corey ingman thank you for your support of quality racial profiling um at geek loves nerd not profiling i'm just kidding stereotyping stereotyping i don't even know my terms if i'm gonna do this kkk thing i need to do it right mm-hmm. i need to sign up and uh and, and jump right on in there. We are down the south again. Yeah, we're close to Georgia, but not that close. I need to get close. a Confederate flag. Yeah, that's to me. That's that's um the that's, stars and bars, baby. That's more, uh, you know, racist like. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what I'm going for. Yeah, I'm an equal opportunity. I'm going to be fair and balanced. Can't just be hating on just one specific type of person. Mm. You know, I don't know. Um, do we have a product review? Chocolate Oreos. Let's review those. Cheerios. I'm sorry. Uh-huh. Chocolate Oreos. <laughs> They're so different than normal Oreos. <laughs> I was wondering. I'm like, well, I don't think we've ever Bert. eaten. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, <laughs> chocolate Cheerios. Okay, uh-huh. it's a new thing. Yeah, it is. Why are you all up on your mic, girl? Sorry. You're eating it. I love it. I know you do. I uh, was thinking, why did you buy chocolate Cheerios? Did you have a coupon? Yes. Okay. That's the only reason why we get any new food in our house. And I like to try new foods. Yeah, whatever. And we, we got them. I ate them. Um, in my review. You didn't like them? I mean, it wasn't any different. than They didn't taste like Cheerios. Mm-hmm. They didn't taste as good as like what, you know, like. Cocoa Pebbles. Cocoa Pebbles or, or Rice Krispies, you know, chocolate. It was just kind of. So mm. whatever. I like take them, them or okay. leave them. Chocolate Cheerios, though, that's just that's like yeah. Wrong. It was basically like Cocoa Pebbles in a Cheerio form. I don't like it when white cereal 
goes dark. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, I am a racist, oh Lord! <laughs> mm-hmm. Need to drop the racist thing. I'm sorry. I really want to drill it into the ground because that's how irritating it is. Where are we? Where are we that we can't define the difference between someone that's comfortable with people of other races and has love for them and then people that just, you know, hate speech? Mm. That's the thing. That's the difference. Um, oh, it's just ridiculous. We, we, we're so, uh, that guy. Uh. So anyway, he should be happy. He got on my nerves so bad. But chocolate Cheerios. Uh, I love the color. Hate the taste. How about that? Mm. Does that make it okay? <laughs> I don't think so. It's Cheerios. Uh, it's not a race. Okay. Well, let's move right on into this, our main topic. Okay. Main topic is uh, proper discipline and redefining it. So let's get right into that. Okay. What do you uh, What do you think of when you first hear the word discipline, Jen? I think of spankings. So, spankings or, and whoopings. Military. Yeah. Uh, Sergeant Slaughter. Mm-hmm. You know who that is? No. He was um, a guy from the late ninety, uh, late eighties. Uh, he was a WWF guy. He actually wormed his way somehow into GI Joe, and uh, I just saw him on the Super Mario Brothers Super Show mm-hmm. episode two, I believe. I'd forgotten that guy even existed. Is that like Alvin Slaughter? No, oh, okay. not at all. Uh, but Sergeant Slaughter, I, I think of, of of discipline. I also think of my stepdad who was a military man, a, uh, a Marine, an ex-Marine. And uh, that word still has a sting to it because discipline in my experience was uh, maybe a little bit of abuse, just mm-hmm. but painted with that brush of discipline. A lot of folks, I think, have problems disciplining their own children because of issues with discipline in their own childhood maybe discipline was inconsistent maybe like i said abuse or neglect or uh simply punishment was put under that that word discipline Mm -hmm. so we don't like it and what i've seen you know is is i saw an old generation before my time that all they did was punishment and then we saw the 80s and 90s where all people did was rewards yeah and we tried to get away from neither one works Mm mm-hmm and so we don't know what discipline means. We stay away from that. We don't want to deal with it because it, it seems like a bad word. So what we want to do with this first show is really redefine that and really look at you know, what people think of it. Um, because with my kids, when I had kids of my own, I was terrified. I didn't want to bring my kids up improperly. I didn't want to duplicate what had been done for me. But don't we learn from examples? Mm-hmm. You know? Um I didn't want to be a statistic. I didn't want to be a bad dad. I didn't want to pass those kinds of things on to. Um, but anyway, that's why, even though I've only been a parent for six, almost six years, uh, discipline has been something that I focused on probably since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I made decisions about things, um, some basic things that we'll go over in a bit. Uh, but punishment is one of those things that people think of when they think of discipline. And punishment is not discipline. Punishment says that you're wrong. That's what punishment says. You yeah. did something wrong. Here's the consequences. Mm-hmm. And that's the old school way. Abuse, of course, um, is even worse than that and just simply says you deserve the worst of everything I've got. Right. I'm going to hurt you for being alive. Discipline, though, says you may have screwed up, but you can do it better and I'm going to help. Okay, mm-hmm. so that's our first hint about what the difference between punishment, abuse, and proper discipline. Uh, here's some definitions from the dictionary, um, just random. 
the dictionary says uh, discipline is to punish in order to gain control or enforce obedience. Probably the worst, you know, mm-hmm. what we what we may think of when we think of that. Punishment intended to correct or train. Okay. Uh, again, but none of those are perfect. To teach, to obey rules, or accept authority. That's probably the military version right there. Um, number four, training expected to produce a specific character or pattern of behavior, especially training that produces moral or mental improvement. We're getting closer to a better you know, example there. And then the, the fifth one I could find, um, to train by instruction and practice, especially to teach self-control to. All of those are good uh, in different ways, not great. Um, of course, Jen and I are believers. That's the word you use in the South, by the way, for Christian. Really? Yeah. I don't think he's a believer. But, oh, uh, my. <laughs> what have we stepped back 10 years? I, mean, I know. Come on. Know. That was like a 90s I work. know. It's okay. Have you seen the hairstyles, though? They're still from uh, 10 years ago. Anyway, uh, uh, so Jen and I goodness. are followers of Christ, okay? We try to pattern our lives after the example set by him. We are not perfect. But uh, so when we go to um, something as foundational as discipline, um, we have to look to God and we have to go to the Bible. And so that's that's our reference for just about everything. And so um, if you think about I'm not going to quote a lot of scripture to you, uh, but I am going to do some biblically based concepts. Okay, let's look at the universe. Okay, to get an idea of what God sees as discipline, you've got to look at the entire universe. The entire universe is set up that there is sin and there is obedience, okay? Uh, Sin, obviously, is anything that moves you away from God and says that I am more important than Him. Uh, Obedience is doing the things that God would want you to do, things that move you closer to Him, things that that line you up uh, with His his ways. Romans 6, 23 says, For the wages of sin is death, and then on the other side of the coin, the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. So you've got this dichotomy, this, this example of death and life, okay? Sin equals death. Uh, obedience equals life. Not that we're saved by works. We're saved by grace through faith, blah, blah, blah. But um, obedience definitely keeps you going down the right road. Okay? Uh, this is um, this is the way God has set up basically everything to do with us. The family, in my opinion, is... Uh, oh, the goal of this, the goal of this thing is uh, sin leads to death, uh Obedience leading to life. The goal is to provide a natural flow from death and disobedience toward life, toward God, toward obedience. That's because God wants a relationship with man. You read through uh, Genesis and Adam and Eve. He created them. He wanted a relationship with them. He he was upset when, when they screwed up and they sinned. They decided that they loved um, the pride of life, uh, lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh. They ate the fruit, decided they could be wiser than God, kicked God to the curb, and God did the same. So um, pretty deep stuff. But basically, I believe that uh, God has set up every sin to punish us and every um, obedient act to reward us. Um, uh, one of the most basic scriptures that you hear of when, in relation to kids is Ephesians 6.1. Through th- and through three, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right, that it may go well with you, and you may enjoy a long life on the earth. Um, so there's the positive side. If you do a logical flip on that, you say, children, if you don't obey your parents in the Lord, it uh, is not right, and it will not go well with you, 
and you will not have a long life on the earth. Jen, have we ever seen examples of that? Yes. Living in the inner city for the last 12 years. Yeah, yeah. You do, and in a very practical way, kids that um, ignore their parents and play in the street get hit by cars. Mm-hmm. Plain and simple, you do not. Things do not go well with you in life, no. <laughs> and you do not live a long, healthy life. Uh, God has set up the family to be a small uh, microcosm of the the entire universe, in my opinion. Um, whereas obedience um, it, it needs to be rewarded. Uh, Bad behavior needs to be punished. There needs to be a consequence. Um, And the goal there is to connect kids to their parents in a respectful way, in a proper relationship, the same way God wants to be connected to us. I look in the Bible, I don't see a lot of uh, scriptures telling kids to chase God. I really, really don't. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of universal things that apply to everyone, the Ten Commandments, da 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 da. But what I really, really see is again and again and again, God telling kids to obey your parents. And I again and again and again seeing parents saying, if you love your kids, you will discipline them and you will train them and you will talk about the things of God to them. There's scriptures in Psalms talking about if uh, if you don't uh, ch- uh, the, the rod drives away uh, discipline uh, drives away rebellion and if you don't discipline your child um, that uh, that rebellion grows in their heart. In other words, rebellion is the thing that keeps people from God. And so, if you can't train your children to be good, they're going to have a hard time believing in any kind of God at all, Mm -hmm. much less than one true God. So discipline seems to be at its core, from God's definition, the pain that causes us to run from eternal death, the pain before the death. Mm -hmm. Um, Example of that that I always use is the candle. Um, When you hold your finger or a hand over a candle, um, it hurts, and you pull your hand away. That pain is mercy it is grace it uh if there was no pain and you were just sitting there not minding your own business you'd turn around and look and your whole hand would be burned off mm-hmm. because um that you're you the, the flame has a built-in discipline it's going to hurt you so you pull away you don't get burned and in our in our life in the microcosm of our world not every in, in not every sin leads to punishment not every disobedience in our family automatically leads to a consequence. And not every reward, I mean, I'm sorry, not every obedient act is automatically rewarded. So in our family, our job is to exaggerate the consequences of bad behavior and to exaggerate the rewards of good behavior. Mm-hmm. Both of those. Because we live in an unfair world. Right. And oftentimes we see people who are very, very not good, and they are rewarded. They get away with it. They're never caught. They're even paid. And then good people go unrewarded, unnoticed. Nobody's making up tabloids about what good folks are doing. Right. Wouldn't be interesting. Mm-mm. Hebrews twelve five through 11. It's another great segment there. Even if you're not a Bible reader, it's really good stuff. Um. And have you forgotten that the word of encouragement that addresses you as sons, 
My son, do not take light of the Lord's discipline, and do not lose heart when he rebukes you, because the Lord disciplines those he loves, and he punishes everyone he accepts as a son. Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as sons. For what son is not disciplined by his father? If you are not disciplined, and everyone undergoes discipline, then you are illegitimate children and no more sons. Moreover, we have had human fathers who disciplined us, and and we respected them for it. How much more should we submit to the Father and live? Our fathers disciplined us for little while they thought it best, but God disciplines us for good that we may share in his holiness. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, actually seems painful. But later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Let me, inter- let me, uh, let's talk about that for a second. What I see there is, is what it's saying is God um, disciplines people that he loves because if he, if he didn't discipline you, he would be treating you as an illegitimate son. I take that down to the microcosm of my family. And I could say that if I don't love my, if I love my kids, I'm going to teach them right from wrong. Right. I don't know what kind of favor we think we're doing for for our children when we do not punish them for bad behavior, when we allow them. And there's a whole bunch of people out there that believe that you're supposed to let a child's personality grow however it will mm-hmm. and become whatever they will. And that assumes something that is very false. And that assumption is that children are inherently, are inherently good. good. And they're not. Mm-mm. They're the most selfish little monkeys you ever saw in your life. Yeah. And they get it honestly. I don't hate them for it. They're, ba- you know, like when they're babies, when they're infants, it serves them well. Yeah. They scream and they have a lot of needs. And honestly, if they sat there and didn't share that with you, you might not take care of them properly. Well, yeah. You wouldn't even know. But as they grow, we owe it to them. You know, and, and the thing that kills me, you've heard us reference this on other shows, Jen. It, it, you know, they say, well, you're going to hurt their personality. And well, their personality would be growing in well, rebellion. That is, well, that assumes that their personality is perfect, right? That you that it's something you haven't want you ever to met a grown up that had a scrumped up personality that you're mm-hmm. just like, oh, you know, yeah. something really some character flaw that was really obvious to everyone that made them completely unusable as a human being. There are children like that, and if if it if it modifies their personality for the better, then yes, absolutely, yeah. You know, I, let's be honest for a minute about our own children. Jenna, ma- describe her for me if we had done no discipline training with her at all. She would she would be she would be the child who threw a fit at everything. Mm-hmm. Overly emotional, big time. Yeah. Raving and she, fits. You know, even now and, and she does a good job of reeling it in, but she struggles with I mm-hmm. want I want this, I wish this could be this way or that. And she has a hard time like really focusing on something that she likes so if you took her to the store and said pick out a toy you know she would be the kid that you would be arguing with before you left because she would think about every detail of every single thing Mm -hmm. couldn't focus and she struggles even sometimes focusing on things like you said books and things i mean there's there's uh i i would say she would also be very very bossy yes very very demanding and she would not impatient not let you know, she would not be respectful of adults, I don't think, No, not at all. a clue, because she'd think she was smarter than them. She mm-hmm. would. You could just tell that yeah. that's in her. And see, why can we say that? Because all we do is we take some of her personality traits that have been honed and perfected and, and dulled, to be quite mm-hmm. honest, uh, and we exaggerate them to the point that they were when we started training her. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what we can imagine we would have. Um, the boy, on the other hand... Um, we're still working on him. 
He yeah. just turned two. So he's he's finding his special powers. He's going to display <laughs> them. And the ones we like, we will encourage. The ones we don't, we will squash like a bug. Yeah, he's going to be interesting. He definitely has a... If he didn't want to do something, boy, it takes a lot. Well, kids don't come out perfect. Okay? They just don't. Yeah. They don't. And I think... oh, We'll get into reasons parents don't discipline later on. I'd love to jump into that now. But um, one of them is people... Um, People think their kids are perfect, mm-hmm. and that's just not the case. And it doesn't mean that you're a bad parent. It means you have parents of human beings. I mean, you have children who are human beings. Yeah. And you're not perfect, and they're not perfect. And they don't come out perfect. They are sweet, and they are innocent, but they are not perfect. Mm-mm. And you owe it to them, if you love them, to modify their behavior. I'm telling you, what, 30, 40, 50 years ago, it was discipline, discipline, discipline. Mm-hmm. And all you did was teach kids what they did wrong. Right. Okay? So those children grew up and said, I'm not going to do that to my kids, so I'm going to be positive to them. And I'm going to train them and teach them. And now we've got a generation of kids that don't think they can do any wrong. Mm-hmm. And that's why they drive like maniacs and why they do all the things that they do. And they're going out and, and kids, ah, it's just all the stupid stuff that you see uh, children, uh, young adults and, and teenagers doing these days is because they've never been told no. Mm-hmm. And Jen, I, Jen has a great example of the balance that is needed because I'm a little bit old school and I'm a little bit new school. Because my definition of discipline that I feel comes from the Bible that I've seen there is a balance of both. It is, it is, it is providing a relationship of love, of unconditional love and acceptance that allows you... Well, let me just read it. Proper discipline is achieved when we provide a relationship of love and consistency where children are shown the consequences of sin and the benefits of obedience. See, discipline is more than just getting on to our kids, more than correcting them, more than spankings and timeouts. Discipline done right is just another word for discipling, literally making your child into a follower of your example and a disciple of you. And if you're a disciple of God, obviously the link is going to be, it's going to carry on. So Jen, tell them about that balance, that example that you had from school. Oh, when I was in elementary school, they did an experiment in the class where they had one kid leave the room and um, all the other kids in the room were told, you know, we need to get this kid to um, to walk to the flag. There was a big flag in the middle of the room that we pledged to. And um, so they brought the kid back in and, and the kid had, didn't know, you know, what the object was. Well, the first the first time they brought him in, all we could tell him is no, if he was not you know, coming close to the flag. If he was coming close, we just weren't supposed to say anything. Well, I mean, so obviously that, you know, the whole class, he walks in, everybody's screaming, no, no, no. He has no idea what's going on, but I mean, he, he was just useless. He couldn't even hardly function. I mean, just all the no's, everybody's screaming, no, he, he didn't come anywhere near the flag. Well, then they took him out again. And this time, all we were allowed to do was say yes. If he went close to the flag, we could tell him yes, but we couldn't you know, tell him anything else. And uh, this time, you know, he wasn't near stressed out, but he still didn't get anywhere near the flag. I mean, he just had no idea. And um, the third time, we were allowed to tell him yes if he got close and no if he didn't. And um, and so he came back and he found the flag, like, almost immediately. Mm. The combination of the positive reinforcement and the negative reinforcement when he was going the wrong way you know, was the perfect 
um, thing to, to get him to his goal. Yep. Yep. What's funny with this is it's so basic and foundational and it's what we want from our leaders. It's what we Mm -hmm. want from our managers. You want to know when you're doing something right and you want to know when you're doing something wrong. That's why they put mile markers on the highway. Mm -hmm. They put what mile you're at and they put what highway you're on and, and even the S or N or E or W to let you know if you're going in the right direction. Right. Have you ever been driving down the road and you haven't seen a sign for a while? Mm-hmm. You're like, you oh, crud, am I going the, did I get on the wrong on-ramp yeah. from McDonald's? Mm-hmm. And you see that sign, and you're like, ah, oh, kids need that too. Yeah. They do. They need to know where they're at. And just disciplining, I mean, punishing them. See, I'm using that word interchangeably, and it's not. Um, just punishing them doesn't give them enough. Mm-mm. And just rewarding them definitely doesn't give them enough. Because, you both. know, especially even in the example, but, you know, in real life, you think if kids get a reward for everything they do, first of all, the reward loses some of its, yeah. you know, benefits. But also it's it's like they, they don't even know what they're supposed to do. They're like, it doesn't matter what I do, I get a reward. Mm-hmm. You're not, so I don't even have to try really very hard. Yeah, I don't even. Matter of fact, uh, there's studies that show that, that when you over reward children for things that are expected they don't do as well right and um so and and later on actually we're going to do an episode on rewards and consequences but just a sneak peek on that i don't believe you should reward everything um i think you should exaggerate the rewards of great behavior but i have this thing called expected behavior and that you just liberally apply lots of parental approval Mm -hmm. and it's awesome and free and it's a reward and it's the Mm -hmm. kind that never gets old Especially if your kids overhear you talking about them to your to their mom, mm-hmm. they love that. They so, do. Um, but anyway, proper discipline starts with love. It does. You have to love your kids. We all do. But love ain't all hugs and kisses, is it, Jen? Mm-mm. What are some of the things you had to do to your daughter and son in love because you love them? Like hold them down for vaccinations, right? That if you were to ask that child, "Does your mommy love you right now?" What would they, they probably would say, say? No. Yeah, because it doesn't seem very mm-hmm. loving. But Mm-mm. you do that because you love them. Right. It's not fun. It's not comfortable, and it stinks to have your kids shot with stuff. But you're doing it because you love them. Make them eat vegetables. Make them yeah. clean their rooms. Yes. All that stuff. None of the kids that I know would say, "Yeah, my mom loves me. She makes me make my bed every day." <laughs> it's <laughs> not the first thing they would say. But, but that's what we do. Mm-hmm. Love is also patient and kind. That's not fun Mm-mm. to be. No. Uh, not not when you're in a bad mood. Love is not rude, self-centered, or easily angered. Proper discipline starts with proper love. Um, sometimes we forget to enjoy our children and love them for their little personalities and their little quirks and their little funny things that they do. Sometimes it's really easy to get stressed out and think of them as a list of to-dos. But... Uh, Let's return to that first day that we we brought them home, and we had all these plans for our little guys before they started driving us absolutely up the wall, <laughs> and know, and help kinda... them, help them. <laughs> Proper discipline is consistent and predictable. When kids think about crossing the line, they need to know before they even do it what's coming. And it's so funny how many how few families have a set of rules. Mm-hmm. You know, the kids go to school. There's classroom rules. They go to the playground. There's rules. They go to football. There's rules. They come home. There's just this abstract idea right. of what is expected, sometimes based on their parents' mood. Mm-hmm. Probably a lot of times. That's the way it was in my family. When my parents were in a great mood, you could get away with anything. 
when they weren't in a great mood, you couldn't even leave a footprint on the carpet without getting a whooping. Mm-hmm. There was no consistency. And kids do not deal well with random. Right. Random equals unfair. And unfair equals hatred. And hatred leads to suffering. <laughs> and that is a path through the dark side. So, yeah. Don't don't put your kids in those situations, you know. Uh, have have a preset idea and let your kids know what it is. Yeah, one, one good one. As long as you um, make sure you... Uh, I guess don't abuse it, but one good one is is to always make sure that they they respond and listen to what you say. Mm-hmm. You know, you tell them to go do something. Make sure they, you know, don't let them by with yeah. Don't let them get away with not doing it. Yeah, because that's a big basic thing. Listen yep. to your mother, and that is probably the most transgressed upon thing I see in WalMarts and and in other yeah. people's homes. Parents say something, kids ignore it, and the parents are like, oh, okay. Yeah, and then they just give up, which is, you know, it's easy to do. But, but if that's one thing that you can establish with your kids, that they have to listen to you when you say something, mm-hmm. that solves a lot of problems. That could save their stinking life one day. Well, yeah. Because a kid, I'm, I'm not even joking. You're walking, mm-hmm. and, and the kid doesn't see the car coming, and you call their name. If they're built in to turn around and start facing you mm-hmm. versus running from you, you know. Mm-hmm. Or ignoring you, yeah. Oh. And that, that's also, you know, one of the big steps of respect. That's one thing we're working on with the boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just, just establishing oh. respect and establishing, you know, that you have to listen to us whether you want to or not. And at, at two years old, they don't want to. No, they don't. But if you can get them early, it's easier in the later. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I, I think one of the easiest ways to be consistent is to get a vision mm-hmm. for what your child, what you want your child to be. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't even have to be specific. It's just I want a child that is like this and not like this. I want a child that is that other people want to be like. I don't want a child that's annoying. I don't want a child that grows up and gets into debt. I don't want a child that grows up and womanizes. I don't want a child that grows up and doesn't know who God is. Uh, get an idea in your head of what you want your child to be. And any behavior that doesn't get that child in that direction, you squash. And any behavior that does, you nurture and you promote. Right. That's what you do. And uh, by the way, um, uh, when children experience the same discomfort when they make mistakes, the same mistakes, and they experience the same encouragement when they make the same good choices, they will move away from one and toward the other. And you'll be creating that natural current that we talked Mm -hmm. about earlier. This is greatly enhanced, by the way, when they see the principles you set for them lived out in your own life. Mm-hmm. Kids will do what you say for only so long, and then they will do what you do. So right. the hardest part of discipline, honestly, is being the example that you want them to follow. That's because discipling, we talked about that earlier. I kind of use the word discipling and discipline interchangeably because discipline is training your children to be like you, to be like Christ. Um, and so that means that you as a discipler are literally duplicating your life into that child. And so the question comes up, is my life worth duplicating? Right. And then every day has to, you have to start improving yourself. Prosper discipline has consequences for bad choices. Every time when a child steps over the line, it needs to be uncomfortable for them. Consequences of a transgression need to outweigh the benefits. Let me say that again. The consequences for bad behavior need to outweigh the benefits. What are you talking about, James? There are benefits to bad behavior. Otherwise, they wouldn't be tempted to do it. 
Oftentimes, there are two choices for every child, and one of them seems really fun, and the other one seems really tough, a.k.a. like doing your homework. I don't want to do my homework. So you punish your child by sending them to their room. That is not a good enough punishment. The, pun- mm-hmm. the benefits outweighed that consequence because here's, here's how that went down. I was going to go to my room and do my homework. Now I'm in my room not doing my homework, and I've got Nintendo, mm-hmm. or I can take a nap. See, so there were consequences, there were benefits, and so you've got to find something. Your consequences always have to outweigh the benefits. And what I do is sometimes I'm not real sure. So you have a consequence structure, and we'll talk about that later too, where you start with something small, a verbal warning perhaps, time out, whooping upside the backside, you know, maybe a conference call, maybe destroying their room, tearing up all their clothes. I'm kidding. Um <laughs> But but you've got this system and this consequence structure yeah. that you can step up the issue, and you'll find finally find that breaking point. Mm-hmm. Have you ever watched uh, Super Nanny? Mm-hmm. Of course you have. Uh, Mega Nanny, whatever they are, Robo Nanny. I think Nanny. it is Super Nanny. Yeah, there's a couple of them though. Yeah, uh, Nanny Nine One One. Yeah, Bikini Nanny or something like that. There's no Bikini Nanny. Um, but uh, there's a point in every one of those shows where the kids breaks. The yeah. kid breaks. And they and I'm do. not talking about it in a bad way. I'm talking about in a way that they just sweeten up. They mm-hmm. go from defiant and hateful to where they just cry. And, and it's almost like a relief cry. Mm-hmm. Like they're like, finally, I'm where I'm supposed to be in my family. Because they can't handle being the boss. Mm-mm. It's not even in their DNA. And I think I think it's because children desire that. They need that. They need that badly. But... Uh, Anyway, um, a child may want to lose their temper because it feels good to get angry. But if the consequences of the behavior are severe enough, they'll choose the good behavior, even though it's harder, because it's not worth it to go off and lose your mind. Right. So what are those consequences? I don't know. That's where knowing your own child comes into play. Some parents use timeout. Some spank. Some use isolation or loss of benefits. My brother, you could have whooped him a hundred times. He would laugh. But you put him in his room by himself for five minutes, he'd Mm -hmm. lose his mind. He couldn't handle it. And that was his thing. Mm-hmm. So it's all and about it, what works for it your kids. It changes with the kids too as and, they get yeah, older. Yep. And, you know, you're not you're not going to do a whole lot of reasoning when they're mm-hmm. two. Nope. But but like with Jenna, I mean, you know, most of the time talking to her, yeah. putting her in time, and any of that pretty much does it. Yeah. Yeah. But that's because we were pretty hardcore initially. Mm-hmm. We we laid yeah. a foundation. Proper discipline has benefits and encouragement for good choices as well. Um, uh, this is the most uh, for the most part. Um, old school disciplinarians don't get this part. Okay, uh, it's not enough to discourage bad behavior. You've got to encourage good behavior. Focusing only on the bad teaches a, co- a child ultimately not to get caught. Every church kid knows that to be true. When you discipline a kid, they do not learn to be good. They learn to be sneaky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's true. And not get caught. Yeah. Look, look at Catholic school kids, you know, or yeah. Christian school kids. All these kids, you know, they're, they're, they they get out of it and they can't stand it. Because mm-hmm. all they've been taught is what not to do. Right. Focusing only on the good, though, creates a child who believes they are entitled and can do no wrong. It's only in the balance of both do we see the results we want. I don't, uh, I don't believe you have to reward every good bit of a behavior, but encouragement is free. should be given liberally. It's easy to catch a child being bad. 
Uh, we almost always look for badness by default. But what I like about being the balance is you can also catch your kid being good. Mm-hmm. You know, earlier we were talking about um, being able to, to have your kid listen to you. Uh, Sunday, we were in a situation where there were lots of adults around, and Jenna was just kind of freaking out over in the corner, being very loud with a couple of friends. And over the den, I was able to say, Jenna. And she didn't look right away. Mm-hmm. And for a moment, I thought she was going to do that thing where she was going to pretend like she didn't hear me like kids do, you know, mm-hmm. and just continue and wait for that second Jenna, mm-hmm. Jenna, you know, that one to get serious. Yeah. But to her benefit, she stopped and she looked at me. All the chaos still going on. The adults are still talking. And I just gave her a look that said, calm down. Mm-hmm. And she did. And I made a point after that was over to go over to her. I kissed her on the head and I said, and I told her what she did. And I said, I really appreciate you stopping long enough to look at me and let me tell you to calm down. That was huge. That was awesome. Free to give. Yep. I reinfor- I punished her and reinforced good behavior at the mm-hmm. same time. It was, it was one of the few perfect parenting <laughs> yeah. moments that I've ever had. Well, you got to think too, you know, really encouraging. And I've even noticed with the boy and he doesn't talk. He's too, you, you mm-hmm. would think, I don't know. I always think he doesn't half care what's going on, but, um, you sit there and you say some things to him and his face just lights up. Yeah. It's like it matters to him. Yep. And, you know, if they don't get your attention and you don't encourage the kids, then you then half of them act up half the time just to get your attention. Yeah, that's true. Just yep. just so that you notice them. And, um, you know, how much better is it for them to get encouraged? And, you know, they're not being bad. Right. So. Yeah, there is going to be a disciplinarian in your house. It's either going to be you or it's going to be them disciplining you. Mm-hmm. You know, That's there's true. lots of jokes and comics about how people think they own cats and then the cat, the the, the punchline is the cat thinks they own, you know, the mm-hmm. owner and they've about got him trained. And uh, kids are humans and they are very self-centered. Yeah. And they're very uh, passion driven, which mm-hmm. is not necessarily a good thing because their passions aren't always good. They don't want to eat good food. They want to eat junk. They don't want to work. They want to play. They don't want to study. They want to do video games and all this kind of stuff. That is what their natural inclination is too. And it's up to us to train them to do better than that. Otherwise, they're going to live in your house forever. And if you ever needed motivation, <laughs> that's it. That's it. If you want to be mm. free, train them up in the way you should go. That way, when they're old, they will not depart from it, a.k.a. they will not come home and live with you. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Theology 101 from Geek Loves Nerd. Hmm. Your whole goal is to get the kids out. Amen. Hallelujah. Feel the spirit. Even if you don't want to deal with the emptiness syndrome, you still don't want them living there at 30. It's just sad for you and it's sad for them. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. So, yeah. Yeah. So proper discipline, again, a relationship. Um. Where, where uh, it's based on love and consistency, where kids are shown the consequences of sin and the benefits of obedience. You're setting them up to, uh, to, to, to win. The, uh, a couple of scriptures that I found that were random, Proverbs 29, 15, the rod of correction imparts wisdom, but the child left to himself disgraces his mother. If you want an example of that in living word, in living color, any toy store, Walmart toy aisle, You'll see disgraced mothers. Not me. I don't go kids to kids. Just screaming. I don't take the kids to the toy aisle. You do. But. Remember that time at, at that barbecue place? We saw that kid just hitting his mom. Oh my gosh! I I never wanted to strangle a child before in my life, and Dad just sitting there. And then I realized I wanted to strangle the kid for about five seconds, and then I wanted the parents. I got into where whenever I see a brat, I don't even hate on the brat anymore in my head. 
I just look at those parents and I just shake my head. Why they let them? Because that kids is... do not come out that way. They mm-hmm. are trained. And that's yeah. the, that, I guess that's the last closing thought there is you're training your kids one way or the other, whether you like it or not. Yeah. By, by not doing or by doing. You're teaching them that their bad behavior gets so them somewhere. Okay. Yeah. And they're going to be jerkwads. Yeah. And Lord God, that's too expensive to raise jerkwads. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah, that's one thing. I will never let my children hit me. Oh, my goodness. I will, but not you. You'll hit me? Or no, you'll I said I'll let, I'll let them hit you. No. <laughs> uh, the other one is a famous one, and I'll say it again. We said it earlier. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. That it may go well with you, and you may enjoy a long life on the earth. Okay, that's a promise right there. If you love your kids, you will discipline them. We're going to be talking about this for thirteen weeks, people. Enjoy. Yeah, I hope you do. I really do. And uh, next week, I think we're going to talk about. Um, uh, oh, I don't remember. It'll be a surprise. It'll be a surprise. Check the website. It'll it's be awesome. Something to do with discipline slash yeah, parenting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we just had to start with this basic idea. See, I believe that God has put us between him and our children. We're like a pipeline, like a big Mario Green pipeline. And the clearer our pipeline is, the more direct current or whatever or sensation idea they get of God. See, that some people might be tripped up on that whole thing about, are you saying kids don't need to come to Christ? No, no I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is the Bible says get, get these kids connected to their parents. And I've seen that, and the reason why I see that is because every adult I've ever seen that has an issue with God, most of the time, Almost ninety nine percent of the time, what their issue with God or their their impression of God comes directly with their relationship with their parents. Even if if they have an absentee father, that that still affects the way they believe God thinks of them. Mm-hmm. So, um, and Jesus ain't stupid. God ain't stupid. He knew that. And and the family is a microcosm of of the universe as a whole. And uh, if you want your kids, if you want to set them up to know God. Um, Teach them. Teach them. All right. Let's do some of this real quick. Ask Jen. We got a couple of them. Hey, James and Jen. I'm a new listener to the show, and I'm your neighbor, born and raised in St. Pete, currently living in Seminole. I heard a promo for your show on another podcast, and I've enjoyed listening. Your insights are relevant and practical, as well as racist. I'm sorry. Just kidding. James. As well as biblically based. Good deal. Um, I would like to ask Jen a question about accounting. I already hold a BS. I don't think we say that on the show. We can say it, just not what it stands for. Oh. I already already hold a BS in psychology and recently went back to college to earn a degree in accounting. Due to personal issues, I stopped short of earning a BA, but I have enough credits for an associate's degree in accounting. I've currently petitioned my college to send me my associate's diploma. I am unsure of when it will return, or I'm sure of if or when I will return to finish my ABA. So I was wondering if Jenna had any suggestions on what kind of jobs in the accounting field I could get with the AA, possibly even one that I could also use my psychology training. I realize this is not the best of times to consider changing careers. I'm currently doing data entry for a bank, but I believe in a God that is bigger than any economic difficulties. Thank you for your insights. I enjoy listening to the show. Ross, what do you say? Um, I would say maybe some sort of bookkeeper or... Maybe like an accounts payable, accounts receivable, payroll kind of. Most of those kind of roles don't require an accounting degree or a four-year accounting degree. But a lot of times, you know, if you've got some accounting, that'll help a lot. How's that psychology going to come into play? Um, maybe you could work for 
an organization that you could use the psychology nope. for? Here's my suggestion. All right, let's you hear You should it. become a hypnotist. Hypnotize them people and steal their money. Mm. Convince them to account all their money to you. Okay. Okay. There you go. That's why it's called Ask Jen. Mm-hmm. But I didn't have any real suggestions, so that's it. Hi, James and Jen. This is Annie from California, and I love your shows. James was actually he he, he has actually read one of my stories that I sent in to Nobody's Listening in episode one forty five, Mom Mayhem. The story was about a time when my boyfriend brought his iPod into the restroom. Earlier that same day, though, we were listening to Geek Loves Nerd show 72 favorites. So later in the night, we decided to do our own podcast of our favorites. Um, we did our favorites on vacation spots, food, occupations, childhood memories, etc. I would have sent them to you, but they were recorded in Chinese, which is our first language. I have some questions for Jen. Uh, we all know that James has played some uh, played tons of pranks on you, but have you ever played any pranks on James? Is If yes, what was the worst and funniest one? This might be a great episode for the Geek Loves Nerd in the future. Pranks. Thank you. I'm really looking forward to your 13 weeks of parenting classes. Annie, or Ann. I'm not sure. I think it's Annie because of the IE. So Annie from California wants to know if you've ever played any pranks on me. Um, one time I merged our accounts. <laughs> that wasn't really... A matter of fact, I think that was our first Geek Listener episode. That wasn't really an intentional prank, but boy, if I wanted to prank <sighs> you, that would be it. It's been like four years ago and I still... Uh, I actually didn't merge them. On okay, purpose. it was when Flickr was purchased by I think Yahoo. Yeah, and um, what what they did is they when you logged in they said okay you need to now assign your account to your Yahoo email. Well, Jen logs in and puts her email address in there, and so my Flickr account that I had been manning and running, and mm-hmm. all of a sudden I couldn't get in without you. Oh, the geek in me just was going crazy. It was terrible. It was the worst thing ever. And the good thing was you were able to call him or something. I did. And I straightened it out. Accounts. I talked to Mr. Yahoo himself. <laughs> and he and I was like, you. I was like, um, sir, can you help me? And he was like, Yahoo. <laughs> and I didn't understand what he said, but wow. when I was done with the conversation, it was fixed. Um, and I've scared you like many times, but ne- I never scare you good on purpose. Mm-mm. She scares the poop out of me constantly. I have like tried. I've tried to scare you. I've tried to not scare you, and then I'll scare you more than if I was trying to scare you. She She's very sneaky, y'all. She's I'm stealthy. Really, she's I'm, like a mini ninja, a very cute mini ninja. I am ninja. a ninja. And she'll just stroll up, up behind you. Stroll up means sneaky, sneaky-like. Mm. <laughs> just walk. I really do. He's just always... And like, I've got headphones on or something. Yeah. and and Or the worst part is when I come home and I think she's gone, or I'm in the shower and mm-hmm. she comes home. And I walk out, and it's just there's this human there, and I'm like, blah, blah, blah. yeah. So, I wish I could like somehow make you wear a bell around your neck, like <laughs> you, a smallish dog. You can't. Like a, <laughs> you can't make me wear a bell. And then, or maybe make you squeaky somehow. Are you super squeaky? You know that I think that would be uh, awesome. <laughs> can you think of any pranks that I have pay- played? I, you're not a you? prankster. No, and you hate practical jokes. Yeah, I do. So I, I wouldn't do it. And I don't play them. No. I don't know that I've ever pranked you. I mean, I've, I've, I've gotten, I've scared you a few times. But really, that's repayment. Now the people know. Yeah. Because you scare the people out of me all the time. <laughs> like like the, the it's me thing. You remember uh-huh. when you were pregnant and we were afraid we were going to lose the baby? And uh, anyway, I mean, we're like paranoid about it the whole time. Uh-huh. And I walked in and, 
and you scared me, and I scared you, and you scared me, and I scared you, and we both scream, it's me! Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I didn't want to scare you too bad. That was awful. Oh. Keith uh, wrote in via Facebook. He says, hey, James, this is the first time I've ever really looked at your profile. I started listening to NLCast around the mid-20s. And uh, I must say, you, Jen, and your children have gotten me through a lot of long days. It never seems to fail that as I'm having an issue in my life, you and Jen come up with words of wisdom that shine a light on things in Geek Loves Nerd. I just wanted to take a moment and say thank you and thank the family for everything you do. Have a wonderful day. He says, uh, I just listened to the show and had to push pause at one point because I was laughing so hard I wasn't listening anymore. When James suggested the husband... Leave, actually, I'm sorry. That was Paul via Facebook. This is Keith. I just started reading a second email. No, you're a dork. Sorry. Thanks, Paul. I appreciate it, man. And you guys can leave uh, comments on Facebook. We have a uh, a show page on mm-hmm. Facebook, a fan page. We'd love for you to become our fan. So look it up. Keith writes, I just listened to the show and had to push pause at one point because I was laughing and so hard I wouldn't listen anymore. When James suggested the husband leave the country for eight months and then there's a baby when you come back. <laughs> well, that's actually... Uh, been in the discussion of our timing for having children for us. I have one more deployment coming up, and we've been discussing how to time the pregnancy with that deployment. It hasn't quite been resolved, but I favor the being uh, gone during her pregnancy so I don't miss any significant time in our child's early years, which means that I would be out of the country for around eight months. James, even in joking, you are sometimes scarily correct. So, Jen, he didn't ask for any input, but if it was us in that situation, would you rather me be gone for the first eight months of the child's life or gone during the pregnancy? Definitely gone during the pregnancy. Really? Okay. Mm-hmm. Would it, Not even a hesitation there. I thought there would at least be some well, thinking. Well, because to me, the hardest part was after the baby was born. Okay. That's when I needed the most support. Okay. But, I mean, the first time you're pregnant is pretty scary. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of, all the support and the talks and foot yeah. rubs and but i mean if i you know in hindsight if i could pick either or I mean, yeah can you imagine with jenna Mm-mm. by Good myself I, I think i think jenna might not still be here jenna would be jen would be teaching classes on shaking babies <laughs> yeah. this is how to do it to get the most results jenna jenna was colicky in case anybody out there didn't know well so. if anybody's yeah. followed the show for any length of time it, any but. longer than five minutes then you would know. Jenna screamed and for six hours every night. It's uh, very trying. And we couldn't discipline her. There was no hope. <laughs> uh, we got one more. This is uh, from a pastor, of all things. Hi, James and Jen. I just started listening to Geek Loves Nerd recently. I'm a convert from NL Cast. I really like this show a lot, and I agree with almost everything you say. It's nice to have a clean podcast that's fun to listen to. In the case of Geek Loves Nerds, gives me some good ideas. I love your point on treating marriage as pairing as the pairing of two people giving 100% each, not 50-50. Great point. Uh, all our great points are stolen from other great people, by the way. Of course. Um, I'm only on episode 28, so some of this may be covered later on. But he says, I have uh, a book recommendation for James. It's called Ender's Game and Ender's Shadow. They're both amazing books for people who like well-written sci-fi. I'm not a huge sci-fi geek, but these books are right in line for fans of Outcast Kid. Turns out to be amazing stories. Everyone I've recommended these books to has thanked me. Okay. Secondly, he says, I only write this for my conscience sake. I don't expect to change the mind of an entrenched pastor. Um, Oh, he's not a pastor, but I'm an entrenched pastor. I thought Mm. he was. Um, I disagree with your stance on holidays. 
Uh, most people I talk to don't realize how bad the holiday's origins are, but you seem to know but don't care. And and that's, first of all, I'll say I don't really know, <laughs> but even that. if I did, you would be right. I wouldn't care. You've extensively researched, and you are an expert on the yeah. holiday's origins. Yeah. Um, that, all we know is what people have said. <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> they posted it on Facebook. My whole <laughs> life, I've, I've assumed, yeah. Please say Merry Christmas. Yeah. Or you will ruin the pagan holiday. That's right. Um, uh, what That is sort of amazing to me, he says. From my point of view, God has been around forever, and he saw all the evil deeds that took place in the original celebrations and hated those practices. Now Christians take those wicked things and say, hey, it's okay. It stands for Jesus now. Um, it would be like Jesse James saying to Sandra Bullock, I know Bombshell McGee is a gross porn star, but I think of her as representing you, so it's cool. I don't think of her as being gross anymore, which he lost me completely on that, by the way. Was it just Sandra, James and yeah, Sandra Bullock? Married. They were married, and he cheated on her. Oh, I thought that... So is that McGee person the person he cheated on I don't with? think so. I don't, I don't know that she had a name. I don't know enough about it. Sandra Bullock and Jesse James were married? Yes. Who's Jesse James? He's a motorcycle builder, I think. Is that like a recent thing? Yeah. Yeah, yeah very oh, recent. Okay, I've heard of that. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, Not Jesse James from the West. You're getting hung up on something very... <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, Jesse James from the Old West. <laughs> so I was... Sandra Bullock is married to a 300-year-old man. <laughs> I was so confused by this and example. he can get it on with porn stars. <laughs> Okay, can I continue? Yes, I'm sorry. I think this is because we didn't really see the bad things that happen, and that's why it's easy for us to put it out of our minds. But God did see it all. I can't speak for him, of course. But it doesn't seem to make sense to me that he can't remember or doesn't care. Thanks for letting me get that off my chest. I'm with you, though. I hate judgmental people who think they're better than others. I certainly respect your right to choose, and I don't think I'm better than you. But it's a hot topic for me. Thanks for the show, Tobin. I will address it this way. Um, I don't see uh, Christians... uh, celebrating the holidays as a celebration of those holidays i see it as a replacement and when i celebrate christmas i'm celebrating the birth of christ i don't care what anybody else did like for instance my birthday i'm celebrating my birthday i happen to share a birthday with madonna i'm not celebrating madonna's birthday and i'm not going to stop celebrating my birthday because it's madonna's birthday no matter what she's done on her birthday (laughs) i'm not doing what she did I'm not celebrating mm. what she celebrates, and I'm not promoting what she she does. Um, so, you know, in the case of Halloween, you know, there's there's all these things that that's been a pagan holiday, blah blah blah. And I'm kind of trite about it. I don't get really hung up on it because I don't care what they did. For me and for uh, everyone that lives and breathes, it's it's uh, it's about candy and costumes and dressing like a slut. That part I'm not real crazy about. And I try not to do it myself. <laughs> I think, um, you know, coming from the, especially with the Halloween thing, I mean, both of us were kind of banned from Halloween as kids. Yeah. And that was like a strike against God, unfortunately. Yeah. You know, because it was like God is not letting us celebrate Halloween and we're just missing out on candy and costumes and we don't understand yeah, what in the world. Yeah, that's all we saw. Yeah. And so that's all I see now. So we just try to be very practical about that kind of stuff because 
you know, it's it's where it is right now. I don't think God is sitting back. And, and you know what? I do appreciate the guy and the way he presented his argument. Yeah. He wasn't dogging us out. I'm mm-hmm. not going to dog him out, but I do want to give him a little bit of insight, you know, because that seemed to blow his mind that I don't care. And, and that's why. It's not that I don't care that bad things happened. It's that we're not celebrating the bad things. Yeah, exactly. I'm not glorifying those things. And no, we're me not having an event instead of celebrating that event... Yeah. Is actually exactly what I would imagine somebody you know that holds your convictions would want. Um, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Everything you know can be traced to something negative if you really wanted to go there. I mean, the church as a whole has had a lot of negative press over the years, um, but I'm not going to quit going to church. Right. You know, nothing's perfect. Right. But... Yeah. Jennifer smells horrible. Oh my gosh, um, why would you say something I like, like that? I, well, I'd like to call you Bombshell McGee. <laughs> I keep thinking Skippy McGee. Yeah, Skippy's <laughs> always been my name. Skippy and Bombshell. That's the new name of the podcast. I'm not Bombshell. You are Bombshell McGee, baby. I'm going to look up and see if that's a real porn star. It might be Please bad, don't. But. If you do, you will At see least, stuff you it, don't want to see. But I would see, I mean, they... I would just see a girl. There are images, suggested images on the Google search now. You really? can't avoid them now. Oh. There's like three of them at the top. Bombshell McGee will be there. There will be a boob, now, her face, and then her other boob right there. Well, now I'm going to always wonder if Bombshell McGee was an actual... Just look, go to Wikipedia and look it up there. Okay, I'll do it. That's a safe search. Yeah, I won't have. All right. Or IMDB. Okay. Iamadeadbody.com. <laughs> Is there a Bombshell McGee? <laughs> That's really so. not a very. I mean, the McGee part just doesn't really. Yeah, scream that, porn, that's porn not star. really doing it for me right there. <laughs> Bombshell's not really either. <laughs> no, but <laughs> McGee is like che- cheesecake McGee now. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, I hope you guys enjoy this. Uh, it's time for us to get out of here, and uh, as we always say every week. Um, are you super squeaky? Exactly. Are what you? is that? It's just something somebody sent me. But anyway, check out the website, geeklovesnerd.com. Join us next week, live, if you will, uh, every Tuesday night at, uh, what, what time 930 is it? 9.30 Eastern, Eastern time. Uh, at uh, geeklovesnerd.com slash watch dash live. Um, email us, geeklovesnerd at gmail.com. Um, send your hate mail or hate voicemails to 920 920- Three GLN GLN nine two three GLN GLN, and until next time, um, Miss Jen, I loved you. I loved you too. Loved you, Bombshell McGee. My name is not Bombshell. I've decided that you're nice. <laughs>